0: I'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for May 25th, 2014, and um, the next report, I saw this the other day, just perusing the local uh, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina news, and it's entitled Sweet Daddy's Club, the United House of Prayer and Bishop C.M. Bailey. I just had to play this, I mean, just unbelievable what is going on collectively in the corporate 501c3 churches of America and all of their thousands of different denominations, which there's absolutely zero Bible for, all of these different denominations, and, you know, I'm right and you're wrong and this is right. And granted, most, I mean, I'm, I just call myself a Bible-believing Christian. You know, a born-again Bible-believing Christian. Uh <clears throat> As far as I can see, the denominational label tends to, you know, uh, typically there's some type of cult-like belief system that most denominational systems get off into. Not, not I'm not going to say all of them are horrifically bad and, and this and that. It's just that there's a pride that exists when you're in a particular denomination a lot of times, not maybe not for all, but for a lot of them there is, been there, done it, I saw that with the denominations I was in, with um, you know a lot of those that, that are out there. Um, and then there's so many other attributes. Again, the bottom line is, though, is that with this denominational system, you have a lot of dis... obviously disunity. Now, we don't want to be united in error. I'd rather be divided in truth than united in in error. Okay, that's my take on it. And and then you have the whole 501c3 system, and then you have the whole uh, thing where a very, very small percentage are even using a King James Bible. They're using all these New Age Bible versions. Now, Paul addresses this very subject. Uh, I read these verses not too long ago. Um, <clears throat> but he addresses this very subject in his Kind of like collective rebuke to the immature Corinthian church. Uh, 1 Corinthians, you you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 10, it's the first thing he starts addressing here. He says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye speak, that ye all speak the same thing. Now, there's thousands of different Christian, quote, Christian denominations speaking totally different things and we're going to we're going to look at one right here and and how deluded and darkened their minds are that they would t- i mean when do you see where do you hear this video and this is just one then you have all the other internet gurus up there that call themselves christians that supposedly get some special revelation from god that have their own sect of followers and you could say well you're one to talk on that you got your own whatever i never called myself a Pastor, I haven't done that. I call myself a watchman. And I t- and I have said over and over, don't follow me. I am just a man. I can fail you. Put your trust, put your faith, put your hope in Jesus Christ and in his word. Cursed be the man that trusteth in man and that maketh flesh his arm and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Jeremiah 17.5 So, I've never... Pointed you in that but a lot of these other internet dudes or women are pointing people to themselves saying i've got this special revelation from god you start buying into that and you start thinking well if they're hearing from god i need to listen to them and what they're saying is contradictory to a lot of other people so maybe they're the only one on the planet that's hearing from god that's where this all goes this is how cults and denominations all get started you look at mormonism Joseph Smith, well, I got these special golden plates that God that God gave me through the angel Moroni. And I'm gonna start my own religion. Oh, really? Oh wow. He was hearing from God. He got a special revelation. I'm gonna follow him. You're following a man. Well, I know it, it it contradicts the word of God, a lot of what he's saying, but he got a special revelation from God. He must be really special. God is no respecter of persons. We're to, we're to consider the pit from whence we're dug. Humility is what we should be looking for in anybody that we are listening to. I think that's one of the first things you should really, if you've got some preacher they're all bowed up and acting all high and haughty, and, and even if it's truth coming out of his mouth or her mouth, there's no, there's no Bible for women, ministers, or preachers. There is none, and, I, and I'm sorry if that offends people, but there's none. The Bible's very clear on that that the preacher, the bishop, the deacon is to be the husband of one wife. The Bible clearly defines that. You don't believe me? Can woman, or women, or woman, in the keyword search box, and I've done a whole teaching, what women can do for the Lord. Now, you're a chauvinistic pig, whatever. Okay, I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Has nothing to do with me being chauvinistic. I am the one that screams just about loudest about what the Muslims are doing to women. Okay, so please... I mean, don't tell me I'm not, I'm not about defending women's rights. You know, and, and uh, particularly with, with Islam and the women that are being persecuted, uh, the Christian women that are being persecuted and the children and those types of things in these third world countries typically by Islam or through wicked governmental regimes. I mean, if you've listened to me for any length of time, you know I'm very passionate about that. I have no axe to grind with women at all. Okay, I'm just saying what is biblical and what is not. That's all really matters. Okay, my opinion is irrelevant, and your opinion is irrelevant if it contradicts the Word of God. And I, I put myself in that boat too. So it says right here in Corinthians. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians, chapter one, verse ten, that you speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you all of these particularly pseudo christian cults like mormonism jehovah witnesses seventh day adventism all of these pseudo christian cults all that is is they is they they're, by virtue of them ever forming they're disobeying this admonishment in scripture that there be no divisions among you that you'd be perfectly joined together in the same mind in the same judgment. No, no, no. They're in their own little cults that think that they're the only ones going to heaven or going to wherever they think they're going to get to. Or like in, you know, they're going to get their own planet uh, in Mormonism like their, their, their main god does who lives on planet Kolob. I'm not making this stuff up. Be I mean, real careful with all that garbage that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. I don't see a lot, of, a lot of Bible for denominations. For it have been declared unto me, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. That's what a denomination is. It's a contention. It was a split from one denomination at one time because they thought that they knew better and they were getting some special possible word from God and then they split off and started their own. Now, this I say that every one of you say it, I am of Paul, and I am of Apollos, and I am of Cephas, and I of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were ye baptized in the name of Paul? I mean, in other words, that is exactly what denominations are Lutherans. Well, we followed, you know, Martin Luther, you know, to a certain extent or whatever. You know, it, you can go through all of, of, of the denominations and make that, typically, a lot of times, make that distinction. I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, I am of Sieb, I am a Lutheran, I am a Methodist, I am a Presbyterian. He's condemning this right off the get-go, in his first, in his in probably the most major rebuke in the New Testament of any particular church, the Corinthian church, it's the first thing he mentions. It brings up because he realizes how dangerous it is. Look at where we are today. <laughs> it's like a free for all. You know, not only is the church totally yoked up with the government, you know, with with their five hundred one c three status, totally yoked up with the IRS. Who knows what's that? What, what that's doing to the church, collectively, on a spiritual level. You'll only know, if you get to heaven, I think, how bad that is. They're reading the wrong Bible. They're reading all their New Age, lukewarm, watered-down versions. A lot of them have all kind of extra-special, revelatory, prophetic knowledge that totally contradicts the Word of God. You could go on and on and on. So anyway... I just wanted to talk about that before I played the video. Sweet Daddy's Club. The Bishop of the United House of Prayer for all people, <laughs> all people that'll give him some money, a denomination which stripped its national evangelist of his credentials after he developed prostate cancer. <laughs> this is how they treat their own national evangelist. You get prostate cancer? Oh, well, you're you're like, uh, you're on the... the uh, DL list, the disabled list or whatever. You know, you're, you're done. See ya. God's done with you. <laughs> this And continues a... Okay, so they, they stripped its national evangelist of his credentials after he developed prostate cancer. Okay? You're going to hear him. It's not like he cheated on his wife. It's not like he stole from the church. He got prostate cancer. So they stripped him of his national credentials because he couldn't make. He wasn't an, an earner anymore. It's like in the mafia, he you know, This guy's a good earner, you know. There's certain there's certain people. There's there's hitmen, you know, that go out and kill people. There's there's guys that they only have in the mom, not because they're a hitman, but because they're a good earner. Well, this is like it was there. He was a good earner, but now he's he's out of commission. He's a liability. Bye. And they continue to welcome a leading contributor who stole more than $5 million and donated a part of the stolen money to the church. But they'll welcome her with open arms. This is the state of the pathetic Church of America. This is just one little cross-section of it. One little corrupted, evil cross-section we'll take a look at here. The United House of Prayer is led by Bishop C.M. Bailey. I haven't even heard of this. This cult, as far as what I'm, I'm going to call it. It's a cult. Known to tens of thousands of followers. Oh, the the house, the United House of Prayer led by Bishop C.M. Bailey, this demon-possessed devil. can't even hardly stand to look at him. He's so demon-possessed. And that people would follow him? Of course, I look at all these charismatic preachers and stuff, and, you know, I shouldn't judge. I was there at one time with the charismania. I'm just saying it. You look back on it, it's like, how could I have been deluded and deceive like this. But I was, so I'm not judging. I'm just saying, you know, wow. How deluded was I? You know? And that's a big reason why I do what I do today. Because I was deceived really bad on a lot of levels. Not to say I've got everything figured out. Or I've arrived or whatever. But I just want to help other people so they're not deceived. So, you know, doing to others as you have done unto yourself, it's kind of what it's like. And once you you get this information, you really have a responsibility to try to help other people too, if that door's open. You know, if they're receptive and, and if that door's open. Some a lot of times it's not. You know. So you pray about those, pick and choose as the Lord leads. Because not everybody and a lot of people are just going to totally waste your time and attack you and, and do whatever. Anyway. He's known by his followers as Sweet Daddy Bailey, the fourth in a succession of bishops who were appointed for life and revered in the church as prophets of God. So let's let's go ahead and let's learn a little bit more about Sweet Daddy Bailey. Because you're going to really... This guy is going to um, really grow on you. I'm just warning you. Now, in the initial picture here, we see... Two guys. <laughs> they look like I don't know. They look like Jamaican police or something. They're in these bright blue uniforms with red stripes on their side. They look like some kind of like I don't know, like some police department in Jamaica or Kenya or something. And and they're 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 uh, helping this this uh, big overgrown fat uh, um, uh, devil down the steps. And I'm sorry, I, I shouldn't say anything. It's just that. It's hard for me to keep my mouth shut when I see this guy's whole life is gluttony, is the point I'm trying to make. He is a gluttonous devil that could never get enough. And I'm sure that goes on every aspect of his life. Food, God only knows what this guy's doing behind closed doors, okay? He is so evil and demon-possessed that you can't even, I mean, I can't even hardly stand to look at him. And you got all these people that literally worship this guy like a god, and you'll see that here. Okay, this is just one guy, but he's he's gluttonous. I would I would venture to say in every aspect of his life, and 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 it really shows when you watch this. So I'm going to go ahead and roll this video here. This is NBC Charlotte News at
1: 5:30. We're looking out for you. Tonight at 5.30, the results of a six-month investigation into a mega-church that treats its leader like a king but throws an elderly woman out onto the street. Hello, everybody. I'm Bill McGinty. Our NBC Charlotte i team is back again investigating a mega-church and the mega-money it collects. Stuart Watson is, of course, following the money and finds one of the leading contributors to the church stole the
2: money she put in the collection plate. Now... They call him sweet when man. he
0: says that it sounds like she stole the money that she put in the collection plate. No she stole the money that she ended up putting in the collection plate. So she didn't steal from the church. That, that would have definitely got her her booted a long time ago. but the money she got was stolen money, and that was fine as long as you give it to the church. okay? So here we get into this guy this this I mean you talk about somebody that looks like he has no love whatsoever. In his eyes, in his manner, in his demeanor. This guy is so, he, he's just a, a vessel of Satan, is, is how I could actually describe him, the way he looks.
2: Daddy Bailey, the bishop of the United House of Prayer for all people, a denomination with tens of thousands of followers and deep roots in the Carolinas. Sweet Daddy's followers treat him like a king. Our hidden cameras show followers showering him with cash money.
0: He's literally walking down the, the aisle at church, and people are pressing cash. Literally, I mean, out in the open. You could see the money, and, and he's just taking it as he walks down there. He just, it, one after another. I mean, it is so very, they, they they walk this guy around. He's got a throne, a, uh, a throne, and then he's also got, like, this thing, like, you know how you see in Egypt where, like, they'll have, like, the pharaohs, and, and, and the Egyptians will carry him on their shoulders, well, he has those those guys in those blue suits that look like you know they're like uh, Jamaican um, uh, policemen or something in these really garish blue suits with red stripes, carrying him around. Um, like when when he walks around, like in street parades or, or, or whatever, they carry him around like he's some kind of god. He and he he only will will
2: ride in like the most expensive like customized limos and stuff like that. Rides in ultra-luxury and lives in mansions, one of them right here in Charlotte. Sweet Daddy Bailey... They show this mansion. I mean,
0: it's unreal.
2: ...celebrates big donors, but the NBC Charlotte i-team found some of those contributions came from millions of dollars in stolen money. But if you owe the church money... It will put you out, quite literally, on the street.
3: Somebody can be a witness for God. Sing it with me.
0: Now this is is their lead evangelist guy that developed prostate cancer. You're hearing right now. And they've put him out literally on the street
2: and preached his whole life for the United House of Prayer. So I was born and raised in the church. He was the church's national evangelist to so bring the. So when he got prostate cancer, he asked Bishop Bailey for help.
3: His words were, "You knew." Man, that, that guy's so
0: evil-looking. You gotta click on this video just to see how evil-looking he is. I mean, he's so arrogant and proud and, and evil. I mean, it's like wow, uh, like the opposite of Christ-like in every attribute.
3: This day was coming. You should have saved you some money.
0: I was deeply <laughs> hurt. So he said, "The the the Mister Big Daddy told him that you 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 should have seen this day coming. That you're going to develop prostate cancer. You should have saved some money.
2: <clears throat> deeply <clears throat> hurt. The bishop lives in wealth." Our hidden cameras documented that when Bishop Bailey enters a church, members crowd the aisles to press cash money into his hands.
0: And it's showing it right here. What a disgusting, vile sight. Talk about giving your money straight to Satan. And these people, these deluded people, thinking that the reason they're doing it, a big reason, is because they think they're going to get this back in whatever manner, whatever lies they've been told, tenfold, full, fiftyfold, full, hundredfold, whatever lies that they've been told. That's their motivation. Okay, is, is their motivation much of the time is greed, and obviously his motivation is greed, so I guess birds of a feather
2: flock together. He reaches out to pick the green bills. They're handing him cash money. Cash money. How much?
3: It, it varies. Maybe from a $1 dollar to a hundred.
2: We saw some choirs process up the aisle of the church with cash money held up in front of them as offerings to Sweet Daddy oh, Bailey. Oh my
3: word!
0: They've got these women two by two with literally they're holding the cash up as they go forward, like the cash is the preeminent thing that's in their hand. They have the, the dollar bills or, or, or the ten or whatever they are, literally like folded up lengthwise, and they're ushering it down like it's some kind of holy thing.
2: So from the moment he comes in to the moment he exits, it's one long stream of cash money. Yes. It's written right into... Well, you know,
0: the thing is, the hypocrisy here is that he he preached his whole life in this church. And, and now they've turned his back on... But he had no problem with any of this stuff for the, the, probably, you know, the 45 or 40 other years that he was in this church. You know, that's the ironic thing now. I'm sure he's wanting to to get back at them, and, and I'm not saying he doesn't have that right, but, you know, come on. You, you didn't have a problem with this for decades and decades and decades. Now, all of a
3: sudden,
2: it's grievous to you? The church's supreme laws that free will love offerings will be collected for the bishop whenever he's present.
3: This bishop, Bailey, he's put on a uh, program which he called Daddy's Club, in which he... Uh, it somewhat requires every member to try to push to have $2,000 every time he, he returns.
2: Reverend Belton says Daddy's Club is a church building fund, but it's hard to say exactly where all that money goes. Can you get an audited financial statement of where all of that money goes? No. You didn't know where the money went?
3: No. In our general area, there's no financial
2: statement. But you can see some of the church's wealth in real estate. Sweet Daddy Bailey stays in this 16,000 square foot mansion in the Derrida neighborhood whenever he's in Charlotte.
0: I mean, this thing is palatial. 16,000 square foot. This is just one of his houses. I think he's only there for like a month out of the year, if that. I mean, we're talking this guy is loaded.
2: Owned by the church for the use of the bishop, by law, the $3 million estate pays no property taxes. But the bishop visits here less than a month each year. And during the other 11 months of the year, who stays in that house? No one. Nobody? Nobody. Sweet Daddy Bailey travels with a uniformed entourage. He rides on a throne in a parade in Washington, D.C. each Memorial Day. He arrived at the church on Beatty's Ford Road in Charlotte earlier this year in a custom German-made Maybach automobile.
3: That's one of the most expensive cars in the world.
2: And as trustee of the United House of Prayer, the bishop is also a landlord, managing apartments in Charlotte and Washington. Two years ago, a retired D.C. bus driver had cancer, got behind on her rent to the church.
3: I knew I should have paid you rent because my mother always said, baby, pay your rent if you don't pay
2: nothing else. That's Sarah Bolware Owens. She's 79 years old, evicted today from her home at the McCullough Canaan Land Departments. The United House of Prayer put her out stacking all her worldly possessions on the street
0: so she went to this church a retired bus driver couldn't keep up with her rent and they put her out on the street because they owned the, that apartment building and she went to that church because that they they land they're making money every which way you can make it okay and it shows all her stuff out on the street these are the kind of heartless stinking devils that exist in supposed Christianity. I mean, wow. I mean, the love of Christ. they talk about looking out for widows and orphans and the poor. Man, I'll tell you what, they're doing that in spades, aren't they? The Lord Jesus Christ rebuked these devils.
2: Her record player, her television set, even her records, Ray Charles, Sam Cooke, Dinah Washington. Let's get this straight. The bishop leaves a $3 million mansion empty most of the year in Charlotte while putting a 79-year-old woman... On the streets of D.C. Is that right? That's the
0: kind of love Big Daddy shows. You know, now that's real Christianity there. That's some real Christianity.
3: I don't think so. This church should provide assistance for their
0: members. You know, that's what the Bible says in the New Testament that we're supposed to do. Regarding New Testament giving, we're not under Old Testament Levitical law anymore, where some kind of ten percent tithe is is required in order to keep the priesthood, the Levitical priesthood, and the temple maintained, which is what that was essentially for. Okay, the Bible says, "As a man hath purposed in his heart, so let him give." And it ta- and I've done a whole teaching on this on the concept of New Testament giving. This whole thing about the tithe—we're not under that anymore. You might be convicted by God to give more than 10%, you might be convicted by God to give less. You might be convicted of God to give different things like your time and these types of things and and other things that you may have in your possession. As a man hath purposed in his heart, so let him give: for the Lord loveth a cheerful giver. Okay? And then Bible talks about when you come together, when you meet, um let you know let there be, you know, things that that are in need of in the church be distributed to like widows and orphans and these types of people that need it. And again, I get into all those verses in that search, just key in giving in the keyword search box, or maybe tithe. uh, ContendingForTruth.com, I've done a whole teaching on that. It's it's so easy to to debunk the whole thing about the, the, the Levitical priesthood tithe, which we were never under As Christians.
2: After Ronald Belton clashed with Bishop Bailey, the bishop stripped him of his church credentials. You should see these pictures. You gotta watch this video.
0: I mean, this guy, he's so arrogant and evil and and vile looking, and just there's no love at all in this guy. This guy is gonna burn in hell white
2: hot for eternity. According to a lawsuit filed by Belton. I was excommunicated. Why? He says it was because he let a woman walk too close to the bishop's throne, a kind of holy of holies called Daddy's Mountain. Oh, my
0: word. So he was was excommunicated because he let some woman walk too close to Big Daddy's Throne at the church. Are you kidding me? I don't know if Satan has this much pride. Are you kidding me? And... He was excommunicated because of that.
3: Members became emotional. That she's on Daddy's Mountain. And when Belton tried Daddy's to Mountain visit is the throne. House
2: of Prayer earlier this year, the visiting preacher, one of Bailey's men, called him a clown right from the pulpit. Ronald McDonald, clown. So I'm putting out there: if you let you know you know. Ronald Bailey mess your mind up,
3: you crazy.
0: Make it so that sounds Christian. I mean, that, that sounds neat, kind of Christian
3: there. Comfortable. Because there are a lot of statements that have been made by the bishop that I was the evil one.
2: While Ronald Belton's been kicked out of the United House of Prayer and mocked as a clown, another member has been praised in the So ch-
3: evidently, he
0: got prostate cancer. They didn't want to deal with him anymore. They had to make up some excuse to get this guy out of there, because now he's just a liability, and he must not have enough faith because he got prostate cancer, which would also be not good. And they might have to... We don't want to really take care of this guy, even though he's he's represented us for years and years and years. And we're nothing but we we're just of our father the devil and of his lust and of his works we will do. And because we are Satanists, and because we are hirelings that have no true love for the sheep, um, even though the true shepherd laid down his life for the sheep, you think you think this this devil would lay down his life for anybody? He wouldn't lay down his life for nobody. All the only thing he cares about is himself. Okay? They had to get rid of this guy, so they had to trump up something. And <laughs> if there's some woman walking too close to Big Daddy's, you know, throne or whatever. I mean, what? That's how sick and deluded just this one sect, this one cult is.
2: Church. But she had something Ronald Belton didn't have. Millions of dollars. The only problem was that she stole it. Maryland woman admits. That's not a, a problem for Satan. DC nonprofit. That's the headline straight from the Washington Post. To the tune of get this, five point one million dollars. If Phonia Green pled guilty to stealing five million dollars from the nonprofit where she worked, the Feds say she spent that money on her bridal gown business, her homes, her cars, and wait for it, her church. That church the United House of Prayer, where Reverend Belton says she was praised as one of the top ten contributors. She can still got a church.
3: She still goes to church. She still has her seat. And she still as top ten. And she's, and she's welcome. And she's welcome. You're not welcome. No.
2: Euphonia Green is way. Well, hey, the,
0: it's all about the money. The love of money is the root of all evil. It's all about the money. So, hey, she's, evidently she's got her own seat there. You know, the, 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 the top ten club, you know, so much for, you know, you know, that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination, the sight of God, and we're not to be a respecter of persons, and, you know, just those trivial Bible verses that churches like this could care less about.
2: ...to be sentenced in the federal court in D.C. Ronald Belton sued Bishop Bailey in Charlotte claiming Sweet Daddy Bailey wrongfully terminated it and even encouraged Belton's wife to leave him. The judge... Oh,
0: he- oh I missed that the first time I watched it. He encouraged this guy's wife to leave him after he got prostate cancer. And after he let that woman supposedly walk too close to his throat and then after he went up there and insulted the guy, calling him like Ronald McDonald. Whoa. I mean, we're talking... This is like conspiratorial, pure unadulterated evil, talk about them being done with somebody, and wanting
3: to to just take care of the problem.
2: Here, toss the suit.
3: I've given my whole life, and just like when you don't have nothing to give, we threw with you.
2: I called the United House of Prayer in D.C. last week, twice, and when I mentioned the name Iphonia Green, the receptionist hung up on me, Twice. I call the Charlotte lawyer who represented the bishop in Ronald Belton's lawsuit. That's
0: how transparent this wonderful church is. They just hang up on you. You bring up a name, you know, she gets put in jail as long as that money keeps coming in. Oh, she'll still be praised. She'll still be praised. Oh, she was framed up. She, she. I mean, it's totally been proven she stole the money. Oh no, she was. No, she's a good woman. She. she as long as that money keeps on the foot, but boy, oh boy, if she gets in jail. And that money stops flowing in. Oh, well, yeah, maybe maybe she got what she deserved and that type of thing. I can see it. I mean, I mean look at what they did to this one guy.
2: Then a letter FedEx to the bishop and got no response. Ronald Belton says he has no hard feelings, but he'd like to refile his lawsuit, possibly in federal court. But he has limited funds to do it. Within the church, the bishop is like the Pope. There is no appeal. It's called the United House of Prayer for all people, but Daddy's Club is just for those with the money. Stuart Watson, NBC Charlotte. That is quite a story, and we'd like to know what you think of it. You log on to the NBC... As it
0: should be. So you, to get into the inner circle, into Daddy's Club, you know, you've got you to gotta pay your price, and you've got to pay your dues, and, and you've got to, um, you know... Do whatever you're being told to do. So, um, that's a heartwarming story there. Uh, I mean, I'm telling you, that is heartwarming. So, we'll go on to the next uh, report here. And it's entitled, If the American economy is really improving, then why has nearly half the unemployed been given, given up for looking for a job? We hear it all day, every day from the mainstream media. The economy is improving, unemployment is down, look at the stock market, it's booming. But that's not the reality, is it? The truth is our economy is dying. Half the unemployed have given up looking for a job altogether. And when they give up looking, they, they stop counting them as a, as a statistic. They drop off that um They've got it rigged so that those people don't count anymore. The poll commissioned by staffing firm Express Employment Professionals found that 47% of the 1,500 respondents agreed to some extent that they have completely given up on looking for a job, but only 7% said they agree completely with that statement. Our 24 to 29-year-olds are moving back home with their parents because they can't find work after spending thousands of dollars on a college degree. Now if you think college is this be all end all, especially in today's day and age, okay, go up to the internet and do a keyword search for the college bubble. College bubble. Watch that video. Okay. Um I'm not saying that there's not instances where college wouldn't be warranted. Okay. The problem is is I don't know I can I don't think we got much more time left where that's even going to be a factor, okay? And it's such a trap through the school loans, especially through Sally Mae. It's it's the one debt I got still left, and I'm still paying on that thing. And have been, and I mean, I'll end up paying, I think, triple at least, if not quadruple, when it's all said and done because of the way they front load all the interest and all that garbage. It's the only thing that I have as far as debt. Uh, I have tried to be... Practice what I preach and all this other stuff, uh, but man, what a what a satanic ball and chain, you know the school loans are. And I mean, there's tons and tons of doctors. Now with me, a lot of it too. Me walking away from chiropractic, and you know, so I could do the, the, the ministry full time. You know, uh, yeah. Had I stayed in, had had I stayed in all the new age techniques I was doing, that God pulled me out of, sure I'd have everything most likely paid off. But, you know, sometimes you got to learn the hard way. Sometimes, you you know, you make a mistake and you still have to pay the price for that. You still reap what you sow even after you get saved. So, I'm just telling you, I've been there, in there, done it, and it is, uh, I mean, I'm a doctor. I've got, you know, I got a degree in in chiropractic, a separate degree in acupuncture. I I haven't practiced acupuncture in years because it's new age. I've done a whole teaching on that if you want to know more about that. You know, But I've put thousands and thousands into education and um, seminars and, and tapes and, and, and a lot of what I know about nutrition is a lot of the seminars I've done and a lot of the tapes and the books that I've read, which I probably got more out of that regarding an education than I ever did from college because most of what they teach in college you're never going to use. And I mean, I—it's not like I—I I mean, I went six years straight. I took a double full load for my last four years. I was taking 25 credit hours a semester on average. A full load's about 12, so I was taking double a full load, you know. Um, and I was, you know, devoted to it. Graduated cum laude. I mean, it's not like I—I—I could have probably done a lot better had I not partied so much. <laughs> You know, like I said, I, I came—I I didn't come from a Christian background at all, but I still—I still did well in college. Uh, thank God. And and um, you know, these college loans, man, they are—they're rough. They're rough, and they make them as hard as possible to ever pay them back, with the way they front load the interest. And Sally Mae is just a wicked, wicked, evil company, uh, institution there. And so, anyway. Uh, they found that 47% of the, of the, the 1,500 respondents agreed to some extent they have p- completely given given up on looking for a job. 47%. Well, they're probably living totally off the government and thinking, well, you know, I tried, but hey, I'm living off the government. I'm able to eke by maybe. And that's what the government wants. They want a whole millions and millions and millions of people dependent upon them that when martial law is declared, these people are going to have... No savings, no no stockpile of, of water, um, uh, food, survival things, any kind of gold or silver, they're, they're going to have just, and they're going to be totally reliant on the satanic system, and that's what the government wants, just like it is in the Hunger Games, totally dependent on the government for everything, uh, our Our 24 to 29-year-olds are moving back home with their parents because they can't find work after spending thousands of dollars on a college degree, and the number of Americans enrolled in Social Security Disability Program has just hit another brand-new record high. So I want to go ahead and play this video here uh, because this gets into it in in, a little more detail than I can. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and roll this video here, or this audio, and it's a video. You can watch it. I'll give you the links for all those in the PDF.
1: What's up, Truth Seeker? Sean here with TruthFed.com. And uh, we continue to hear out of the mainstream media about how the recession is over, how the economy is doing better, how just look at the stock market, it's booming. Of course, they fail to tell you that it's being you know, pumped up by the Fed uh, and that people, you know, mass numbers of people are without work. And uh, this new report comes out that nearly half of the U.S. unemployed are not only unemployed, but they have just flat out given up looking for a job. Uh, the poll, uh, commissioned by staffing firm Express un- Unemployment or Employment Professionals, found that 47% of 1,500 respondents agree to some extent that they have completely given up looking for a job. And I went and I looked at the report, and as you can see here, the question was asked: How do you agree with the, each of the following statements? I've completely given up looking for a job, and uh, 47% uh, said yes. Uh, they have just completely, completely given up, because the reality is is there's not much out there anymore. Uh, all the policies, everything that's been put into place has done nothing but cripple the job market, uh, while increasing uh, those who are dependent on the government. Uh, we have a new uh, number out of people on disability benefits, over $10,996,447 hundred, uh on disability benefits. Um, I told you just a few days ago about how we have this food and water crisis coming to America. I mean, we are in big trouble. Uh, there's no jobs. Uh, half the population that's not employed has completely given up. We've got this food and water crisis coming. And uh, I also wanted to point out uh, some of these red flags uh, that Michael Snyder uh, posted on his blog recently uh, that I thought you might find interesting. Uh, first of all, you know, the, we've got the basically retail apocalypse. Uh, Staples uh, has now, <laughs> the profits have now nearly been cut in half, 40, they've dropped 43%. Even Walmart is recording that foot traffic has fell by 1.4%. Sears is saying that it's going to close even more stores, uh, hundreds more. Um, the labor force participation rate for Americans aged 25 to 29 is at an all-time low. So these kids are going to college. They're getting $100,000 worth of debt. Uh, and then they're finding out they've got to move in back in with mom and dad. As a matter of fact, we have a giant student loan. Bubble that's growing. I think that's going to pop right along with the real estate bubble and the stock bubble and all the other bubbles uh, at some point in the near future. Um, People are taking on a lot more debt uh, to try to manage uh, and and maintain their uh, current lifestyle because they have no jobs. So now they they're taking out debt to just make ends meet. U.S. household debt has increased for three quarters in a row. So you got declining wages, rising costs in food, goods, and services, rising debt. Uh, your kids who are getting out of college, 25 to 29, are finding they can't find a job and they're going to have to go live with mommy and daddy. Um, does this sound like an improving economy to you? Does it sound like things are looking up like the mainstream media says when you've got half the people saying, we've just given up? Uh, large numbers of people are taking all kinds of different benefits because they have to. I'm not even down on those receiving benefits. This is not a complaint about those on benefits. It's a complaint uh, that we're in a situation where people are forced to be uh, on government entitlements. Uh, Homeownership has dropped for 19 years in a row, uh, which honestly may be a good opportunity if you're in a position to uh, buy rental properties uh, because renting is Uh, on the way up, Uh, and so is the cost of rent, by the way. Uh, Trading revenue at banks, big banks all over the Western world, is way down. Um, The list just keeps going on and on. Poverty continues to grow all over the country. Right now there are 49 million Americans that are dealing with food insecurity. Um, You know, I I don't know, you know, we've got the huge drought. Like I said, uh, Texas is uh, reporting that less than 90 days away from being completely out of water, uh, we are just in big, big trouble. and I,
0: Now, Texas has been getting some rain, though, as of late. So I know that just a little bit of rain can't make that big, but they have been getting some rain. Um, so hopefully that will help that situation.
1: Point this stuff out not to be doom and gloom, but just to say, look, you're being told one thing, but the reality is a completely different thing. The reality is, is that the economy is suffering.
0: But it's very similar to this thing on CNN right now. Uh, with this shooter that I got into, this this kid that killed six and then killed himself. Uh, the reality is the exact opposite of what they're essentially portraying as far as take away our guns. It's the gun's fault. It's, you know, NRA's fault. It's that there's not enough legislation to totally strip us from... It's the exact opposite of what they should be saying, but that's what they do. You know, that's what the... uh That's what Satan does. If it's up, it's down. If it's evil, it's good. If it's good, it's evil, you know. So, that's to be expected.
1: The reality is, is that we have a food and water crisis that's going to hit this fall, uh, most likely. And it's going to be uh, pretty brutal, in my opinion. I think you're going to see skyrocketing food prices. The problem is, is that wages are down and people are unemployed. And uh, half the unemployed just says, you know i give it up. There's nothing out there. It's not worth it. I'm not going to go work for $7 an hour because unemployment pays more. Or it's just not enough to provide for my family. So what's the point? Um, you know.
0: So again, everybody, tons of these people get totally dependent on the government. And if you're one of my listeners and are in that shoes, I'm not condemning you. I'm just saying that it's a bad position to have yourself in. And I think you would probably agree with me in saying that. If I was you, I would pray and fast and see if the Lord, and pray for the Lord to open a door. You know, or all hindrances be removed in, in regard for you to, to um, not be dependent on this wicked satanic government in any way, shape, or form, if you can. You know, try to get off, you know, medications that you're, that you're taking. There's all kind of natural ways to get off medications, and you can just do keyword searches online. You know, how to naturally get off this particular prescription uh, with supplementation. Do keyword searches like that and, and, and see what, you know, because there's there's all type, and, and that's that field just expands more and more and more as far as what they're finding out on ways to get off medications. Medications are just bondage. And they're just one more thing that big brother Satan is going to hold over your head in the, in the coming end times. And if, you know, the more dependent you are on this satanic system, you know, the rougher time you're going to have. I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm saying that from a proactive, preemptive standpoint, these are wise things to do.
1: This is one of those moments where you can lay down and give up, or you can start thinking outside the box and start thinking of maybe an online business that you can do. Maybe it's as simple as writing about this stuff and making YouTube videos like I'm doing. Um, But you need to face the facts. And the facts are, the economy is on its way out. Anyway, I just thought I would share that interesting statistic with you guys. Um, it's it's a saddening statistic, and you might even go through and look at the report. There's all kinds of information in here, all kinds of questions uh, that were asked. Um, I'm be uh, you know like I'm becoming more discouraged the longer I'm unemployed. 82 percent agree. I mean, that, that, obviously that's just a common answer, but there's tons of questions in here that were asked to these people who are unemployed. And I think you'll find it uh, interesting at the very least. So you might want to check that out. And I'll include a link to that uh, at truthfed.com. And uh, that way you can go and, and see that information for yourself. Anyway, that is all I had to say on that. And uh, thanks for watching. I'm Sean with truthfed.com, feeding you the truth.
0: Okay, so that's that's uh, all I have on, on that particular uh, video there. And um, I think... Yeah, for this particular part, I'm going to go ahead and end um, this part here. And that's all I have for today. I'm going to try to, um, if I can, endeavor to get at least two parts up every week. I've had a lot of requests for, I'll I'll do like four parts every two weeks, but I've had a lot more requests to have something up every week. Um, So I'm going to try to do that and see what I can do um, regarding that. Because four parts in one week is, even if I'm doing it every two weeks, is massively hard anyway. It's just a ton of work, and the PDF is is almost unmanageable uh, if you're going to look at it, and it's, it's just huge. A um, lot of information to cover, and so uh, I'm going to try, if I can, one to two parts every week, and I can't guarantee it, but I'm going to give her the old college try here, and and, and and try to do that. So I'm a little bit more consistent and I'm also going to be obviously still putting out the end time current event newsletter and the health update alerts which is a lot of the information I just can't cover in the um, regular audios because there's so much information. It's such a tidal wave of information now almost on a daily basis. It's literally about a full time job just trying to keep up with the information much less answering all the uh, emails that I get and um, trying to help people and in, in, uh, processing all this and then putting this in PDF format and then going into an audio once a week and then all the stuff you have to do afterward. It's, it's, it's a tremendous amount of stuff. I'm not complaining, I'm just saying that's kind of where, where I'm at. So we thank, uh, I want to thank everybody that's, that's donated to us, um, that's prayed for us and uh, for our protection. I believe it's, particularly with the prayers, it's the only reason that we're we're existing. Uh, we've existed this long with the things and the subjects that I get into. Um, uh, I, I can see no other way that I could have gone this far without your prayers and your donations, which give us that ability to financially um, survive and, and, and to continue this and for me to be able to do this, this full time. So I want to thank everybody that's done that. And... Um, I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day you've given us. For your goodness, Lord, for your mercy, for your truth, for your provision. Uh, I pray, and Lord God, for this divine foreknowledge, for, for a lot of this foreknowledge that we get, Lord, that we can see the approaching hand of wickedness upon humanity in general, Lord, and that I pray that we would be proactive in regard to dealing with that, Lord, that you give us that discernment that we need, that you forgive us, Lord, for any and all sins that we have committed as we forgive those who have sinned against us, that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and the Redeemer, that you would cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults that they would not have dominion over us. I pray you bless my listeners, Lord, the body of Christ, Lord, in general, We praise you, Lord. We thank you. We ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.